Hello, and welcome back to Our Week in Film. I am your kind, curious, and gentle host, Zachary Riley. And with me is my friend and lifelong brother, Trigger Happy. And in today's episode, we have an action-packed episode full of laughs, goofs, Gaffs. meaningful conversations, and... Movies. Just the right amount of poop humor. Today's movie quote trivia comes from infoplease.com. Kevin, why don't you pick a number between 1 and 100? 63. 63, what an interesting choice. <clears throat> Might have already read this one. I can't remember, but, uh... Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me, aren't you? The Graduate, Mike Nichols. Dustin what, Hoffman says it. When did it come out? Mm, 69? No... Nice. Came out in 1967, actually. Uh, two years before 69. Dang it. But I got the director, actor, and movie. Yep. So wow. close. It's true. Alright, well, uh, that covers the movie coach everybody. Now it's time to get into our next segment of the week. And for people at home, Zach got his wisdom teeth out yesterday. So if his mouth sounds puffy, mm, does it then that's sound why. puffy? No, not really. But your face looks puffy. And that's maybe manifesting it. You know, like the ba ma thing. You seen that? That ba. Yeah. Ba ba. It's like ba. that, but your cheeks are puffy, so I think your voice is puffy. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Well. Well. We left off on. The eleventh. Yep. <laughs> All correct. Well, after the uh, did I talk about the sword and the stone? I don't believe you did. Okay, well, I guess I'll t discuss the movie The Sword in the Stone. The Disney film? Yes. The classic Disney film? Yes, the 1963 Wolfgang Reitherman-directed Disney film entitled mm. The Sword in the Stone. They made it into a Disneyland ride, too. Yeah, well... It's not really a ride, It's though. called King Arthur's Carousel. It's not no, I'm talking about, like, The Sword in the Stone. They just pull it out. That's all Oh, I was talking about the ride that they made out of called King Arthur's Carousel, which is called King Arthur's Carousel. King Arthur from the Sword in the Stone. Anyways, the audio sound looks a little low, but <clears throat> anyways, the Sword in the Stone. Oh, that's fine. Oh, it is because we might yell. Uh, the Sword in the Stone is about a man named a little boy named Arthur, who uh, his King? best is no, just a little boy, just a little boy. He's a servant at a castle. He's just like a little wench who fetches pails of water and whatnot. Uh -huh. And one day he meets this. Magical, whimsical, silly wizard, kind of like Dumbledore, who like goes around being all, being all weird, mysterious, and kind of lighthearted, but also you can tell he's very wise. And he meets him, and then Merlin teaches him a lots of, lots of uh, good, uh, uh, light character building activities, and eventually he becomes king of, king of England. Wow. And this movie was very different from what I thought it would be, because. I always thought, you know, a movie. I don't know exactly what I thought the movie. About. I thought maybe the movie might have might have been about like at the very beginning, we just meet him. He's like a normal guy, and then we get introduced to the sword, and then like he's, and then the boy says, oh, "I'll do it, I'll do it," and then he goes and grabs it. But actually, King Arthur does, or uh, just Arthur doesn't pull the sword and the stone, the titular sword and the stone, until the very end of the movie. Oh. And the start, the the first is that. Do we not even know about it until the end of the movie? No, it's we, not like a big like motivation thing. He keeps like looking at and 
Well, it's mentioned at the very, very beginning of the movie, and then they say, like, and then 20 years passed, and everyone forgot about it. Like, mm -hmm. it came there, and then everyone forgot about like it. Like the Jedi in Star Wars? Sure, yeah. 30 years after Darth Vader died, no one believed in the Force anymore. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, the movie is really just about Arthur and Merlin going on lots of these funny adventures together, and uh, doing stuff. He gets turned into, like, a bunch of different animals. And, um, and, uh, he gets turned into a squirrel at one point, and he, uh, the squirrel falls in love with him. He has to try and fend her off. Anyways, the movie doesn't sound, uh, very good, but I thought it was really, really great. Because, mm -hmm. uh, it just was, um, just a lot of f funny character interactions. Basically, the whole movie is just a bunch of character, character development and building with, uh, Arthur and Merlin just interacting back and forth with each other, and Merlin sort of being the uh, wise sage who really knows a lot more than he lets on and kind of acts, you know, dumber than he really is. And uh, he has a little owl who's his friend who goes around uh, helping him out. Who? An owl. Get what? it? You didn't get my joke? Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. But yeah, uh... There's no, there's no like a uh, big plot or anything. It's just Arthur or Merlin teaching Arthur how to, basically, basically secretly teaching Arthur how to be a good king through all these tasks and stuff. And uh, I just thought it was really good. It's hard to, it's hard to explain why it's good, but I think like, I think it's just like if if it's if you if it's like your type of movie, you'll probably like it. But yeah, so I I can understand someone not liking it because there's no real driving plot behind it. But I still enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then. You watched that on the 12th? No, I watched that on the 11th. Oh, you Did you watch anything on the 11th besides stuff you already mentioned? I already talked about all my mm. 1800 shorts. So. Cool. So I, on the 11th, I also watched uh, a new a new favorite. Well, maybe not a favorite, but a new new uh, classic for me called Harvey, starring James Stewart. The, the Hers song? No. Rest in peace, Hers. They died two years ago. No, the movie... Harvey, about James Stewart, who, as I mentioned in the last episode, has an imaginary friend who's a six foot three and a half Blink. inch rabbit, rabbit, rabbit named Harvey, and uh, he he basically went mad and he basically went mad and started seeing this rabbit once his mom died, and um, no one can explain why. At one point, a psychologist friend of his, or not, a, I guess not a friend, but a, a psychologist who he meets. Um, I starts wondering why he's like, 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 whatever, whatever the guy, whatever the character's name was, like, James Stewart, was your dad at all, named Harvey at all? And he was like, no, 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 my, my, my dad's name was, was, was Jimmy. And then he said, what about, his name's Jimmy, though. My, my dad's name was Poopy Pants. That's not Now, wait a minute. No, no, my, no, wait a minute. My, my dad's, dad's name was Poopy. That's can't be true. Like, but J Jimmy, what about uh, your brother? Was he at all named uh, Harvey? He's like, no, no. My brother's name was, was Jupiter. Uh, I don't know why they're all J names, but anyways, he, there's no explanation for it. Just one day on the street, he saw this big old rabbit walking mm. on the street. And, he, and they became friends ever since. So do we see it? No, it's, it's, it's all complete... They don't put in CGI or anything. Well, not CGI, but like no. technology of no. We just basically see them. There's like different moments throughout where like someone will like close the door, like his, 
Like his sister will like close the door and James will come back and be like, oh, no, why, why, wait a minute. It's right there. Look, get to the party. Get to Not even a silhouette or anything? Nope. Nothing uh, at all. Isn't the poster have like a silhouette? It's a, yeah, it's a shadow, but we never see the shadow. Mm. Um, anyways, not really to show you the plot at all, but um, the plot's about uh, his sister wants to get him instituted into a men's, mental institute because he's been like this for a couple of years now. And and she it's a she has a really selfish reason but reason why that's not because she wants him to get well, uh, it's because she because she can't make any friends she can't climb up the social ladder because every time she does, um, her brother comes home, and and says no no I'd like you to meet my friend Harvey, and then and then everyone gets scared away and says ah. I, I have a headache. I gotta go home. And she can never make friends. Mm -hmm. And that's her selfish reason because she just wants to be popular. She just move out from her. Yeah. Because her, because her mom left because her brother was already, was always really close with his mom and uh, his, his, he left or her, her mom left James Stewart the house. So she's basically uh, just uh, trying to get, trying to get him committed and so he can live in her house, his house for free. So she can live in his house for free. Wow, so selfish reason, but I, but it, but she doesn't really realize like oh no it's just for his own good. But really you know she's doing it completely selfishly, and uh, yeah the movie is just a comedy of of errors as they're called. Of a, at, the, at the beginning of the movie she she gets committed instead of James Stewart because she's she acts strange. She's like. Oh, oh. Every day he comes home with this big rabbit, and I can't take it anymore. He, he comes to his house. That rabbit has been tormenting me forever. Sort of like saying like, uh, like him, him, like James Stewart, having that rabbit as a friend's torment here. But the the psychiatrist interprets it as she's crazy because she's seen this rabbit, and eventually she gets committed. And James Stewart is sort of this like just happy-go-lucky guy, and he doesn't really understand what they're kind of like now, James. Why don't you get her committed? Uh, she's not well. She's like, why? If that's what she wants, I've always wanted the best thing for her. Not even realizing why. Anyways, it goes through the whole movie, and it's a and it's a, just a funny, very funny movie. But it also has the the thing that really drives it almost like a big classic, not just like a funny comedy. Is like the the good message at the end, um, which is that uh, basically the whole movie is about how James Stewart is, even though he's sort of crazy and he's seen this imaginary rabbit, everyone loves him. He's everyone's favorite guy. He goes to all these bars and he lifts everyone's, lifts everyone's spirits up and every, he's everyone's favorite person because he's just such a kind person. Mm -hmm. And at the end... How can you not love Jimmy Stewart? And at the end, he says, uh, he says, uh, you know, for a long time, I was, uh, or no, my mom always told me that, uh, you could, in this world, you can either be smart or you can be pleasant. For a very long time, I was smart. I much prefer the latter. And and he says like, you know, I'm I I'm just trying to be a good guy in this world and and trying to bring lift everyone's spirits up. So and he doesn't even he doesn't even notice or care. He that is the sister uh, is trying to get him committed. He's so kind. He, he always just like, well, okay, if you want me to take this drug medicine that's going to make me that's gonna make me lose my mind, okay, sister, if that's what can really make you happy. And he's just a kind person, and the message mm -hmm. is just be a kind person. Just a really sweet film. I liked it a lot. So that's Harvey. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I give it four stars. 
And then what did you watch on the 12th? The 12th, for the third time, now I watched Martin Scorsese's mm-hmm. The Wolf of Wall Street. Which I, we both own. Which we, Blu-ray. Both, we both own our own copies of Blu-ray. Yeah. Mine I, is I bought for $9. How much did you get yours for? I bought mine for $7.50, wow. along with Hugo for $7.50. That's not how inflation works. <laughs> you bought yours after that. So sales work. I just learned recently that uh, Amazon sales, like when they put some on discount, is completely done algorithmically. So if you if you had like a massive following and you said, okay, everyone, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Amazon. Put, go go to the Wolf of Wall Street, put it in your cart, but don't buy it, then Amazon would interpret that as, wow, so many people are buying this movie, and they reduce the price to its discount, so more people will buy it. So there's no person behind being like, oh, let's put this on sale for the, like this one month period. It's all done. Or just done. Interesting. More people will so buy it. So because I bought my copy, you got yours for cheaper. Those bastards. Uh, partially. Yeah. Um, yes. I watched this with my friend Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started it about three or four months ago. Just sound like Canadian there. Anyways, yes. Did, did I say a boot? What did I say? I don't know. Started? I don't know. Whatever. Well, we started about <laughs> uh, four, three or four months ago. We watched about halfway, I think, right up into the point where uh, she starts like throwing water in his face, you know, the 18 months later. Mm-hmm. And we stopped literally right, right around halfway. And we just never finished it. Mm-hmm. So we eventually got around to... Uh, watching it, and once again, this is just one of my favorites. It's just masterfully done, ex- insanely entertaining, uh, non-stop, just, um, just greatness. And Adam really liked it as well. It's one of his favorites, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's great. Uh, Martin Scorsese is the greatest. Leonardo DiCaprio is the greatest. John Hill's the greatest. Margot Robbie is the greatest. That whole movie is just the greatest. Just the greatest. It's just the greatest. The opening monologue where he says, "I take cocaine from my back." Yep. It's morphine for my. No, no. The last one is morphine. He says morphine because it's awesome. Yeah. Cocaine to wake me up. Pot to mellow me out. Morphine. Yeah. And wow. I don't really have as much else to say. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, or maybe you haven't. Probably. Yeah. Third time I watched so it. I not the not the last time for sure. I will watch this movie. For years and years to come, I, I will always love it. Maybe you could watch it again with me when I watch all of the movies. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And that's all I watched on the 12th. Well, on the 12th, I watched two movies, two more James Stewart classics, oh gosh. both directed by semi-famous director you've probably never heard of named Anthony Mann, who I haven't heard of, I hadn't heard of either. That's Mann with two N's. His two most famous movies are... The Naked Spur and Winchester 73, which are the two movies I watched, both starring James Stewart. Wow. So Winchester 73 was my favorite. I gave it three and a half stars. It's about this uh, gun, you know, because back in the 1860s, the industrial era hadn't come along. So guns were made literally by hand. Just there would be like a company, they just handcraft these rifles. And then they say every, every, every thousand guns. A perfect once-in-a-lifetime gun comes around. That's just the most beautifully handcrafted thing in the world, and uh, that's the gun that uh, gets gets basically given to this small town to. So this to, takes place in the eighteen sixties. Yeah, around there. It, to uh, to to win in a, in a uh, gun shooting competition. So James Stewart comes to town along with um, his like lifelong rival. Who they both grew up in, uh... uh Stuart re- James? <laughs> no. 
Yeah, they both grew up in. They both grew up together, basically, uh, under the apprenticeship of this like ma master riflesman, and they both learned how to shoot very well. And the same guy, sort of like Obi Wan Kenobi and yeah. Anakin Skywalker. Well, said Obi Wan trained Anakin, so it's not really the same mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you know, but they basically were like they grew up together, and they sort of broken off, and and and. Uh, the evil guy started hunting men, and James Stewart was always like, "No, yeah. you hunt, you hunt animals. You don't hunt men." Uh, but anyways, the movie is a is this in, is interesting idea, which I sort of wish I like understood what the movie was really about, which is that the, the James Stewart. So James Stewart wins the gun. He's the best riflesman. He shoots a he shoots a quarter, uh, clean out of the air. He shoots she shoots a hole in the middle of the quarter, wow. clean out of the air. Must be a good shot. Yeah. And so he wins the rifle, but uh, but his nemesis steals the rifle from him and runs, flees town. And the movie is basically the story of the rifle. There's no particular person who follows completely throughout the movie. There's no we don't we don't always cut back to James Stewart. We don't always cut back to the villain. We're always just with where the rifle is. And so eventually the the villain loses the rifle. You know, like like twenty minutes in, he loses it to this other guy, and then. This other guy, through happenstance, happens to meet up with um, James James Stewart, and uh, and then and then he loses the rifle, and then Gosh. someone else picks up the rifle, and then they meet another guy, and then that guy gets the rifle, and that guy meets the villain, villain gets the rifle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the rifle is the egg McMuffin. Mm -hmm. So, so. Um, well, sort of. I mean, it's not like James Stewart is actively pursuing the rifle. He's just pursuing the villain. The villain is pursuing the rifle. James mm -hmm. Stewart is just pursuing the villain. Because he wants the rifle back? No, because he wants oh. to kill this guy. Oh, he, James Stewart wants to kill the guy? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I thought he just said hunting people was bad. Yeah, well, he wants to kill this guy because yeah, he, he, he broke his code, apparently. So, yeah. I just thought this movie... I, 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 I think I would even have enjoyed this movie more if I knew, like, sort of where it was going, because I was kind of like, why, is, why isn't James Stewart showing up more often? But James Stewart is really just one of many characters that we follow. Um, you know, there's a good there's a good romance. I enjoyed the romance, you know, because all the, all the classics have romances in them. And uh, just an all-around good movie. I like the concept. Lots of, fun, lots of fun, you know, shootout scenes. And James Stewart was a, actually a pretty good Western leading man. So I liked it a lot. And then after that, I watched The Naked Spur, um, which came out, I guess, three years after Winchester 73, directed by the same guy about a, uh, a, a bounty hunter who... Um, who at the very beginning of the movie captures this guy who's who's wanted, but when he's out it out there trying to get this guy, he he says he goes up to this old man who's like fishing or something and says, "Now, I'll pay you. I'm a sheriff in town. I'll pay you fifty dollars if you help me get this guy." But really, it's a five thousand dollar reward. So once he finds it, once him and another guy like a, a and like a. a Union soldier who just got deployed from the military because he was untrustworthy, which is what it says in his deployment paper. Uh, you know, which kind of sets off James Stewart being suspicious and sets up the whole plot. Uh, both of them also help him. So eventually, once he learns about the uh, the once they both learn about the reward, they set they decide to decide to split it three ways. And the whole movie is about the villain trying to uh, sort of like psychologically mess with the other three's brains and sort of convince them that. One of them is kind of try to kill the other, 
and, and in doing so, even encouraging encouraging them to kill the other one, just basically a, a positive feedback loop of them wanting to kill each other more and more and more. Wow. They should just share. And yeah, they should, but, but he sets off the doubt in their head. And yeah, he, he basically just does all this stuff. So it sounds like a really interesting plot. Um, and that sounds like the good, the bad, and the ugly, kind of. Yeah. But, uh, but I think I think the movie could have been like great, but I think it's just all all a bunch of tiny things that sort of that sort of weren't done perfectly that sort of lead up to uh, a uh, you know a, not a an amalgamation of mediocrity. Sure. Well, I thought media maybe not mediocrity, but just like oh, it's like good but not great. Um, so I thought yeah the the just the psychological manipulation stuff wasn't the best it could have been done a lot better I liked the last act a lot though um, in which uh, the uh, the the villain sort of takes along the old man and he says oh we're gonna go and and you you could just take the reward for yourself but eventually he kills him and there's a big shootout at the end with both of them James Stewart and uh, the villain. And good, good ending. I didn't like the, I didn't like the ending, ending where, uh, where, the, the lady just the, the you know the love interest randomly just says, oh, I'll marry you, James Stewart, even though they had literally like no chemistry whatsoever. But uh, mm -hmm. you gotta have the romance, mm -hmm. of, course, of course, of course, you can't have the you can't have the woman in the poster if there's no romance. Otherwise, people would want their money back. Mm -hmm. See, right together. See. Really, the woman was just with. Uh, the villain for most of the movie until the very very end. Um, mm. But yeah, did you watch anything on the thirteenth? I watched zero things on the thirteenth. How embarrassing! Oh, on my own birthday. Yeah, I watched one movie on your birthday. Uh, after I spent the whole day trying to get you to do stuff, and you uh, didn't want to do hardly any of it except for the stretching, as that was the only important part. Mm -hmm. uh, I went with down with my mom. We continued our Disney marathon, and we or more of a Disney slow walk and we watched The Jungle Book which was a movie I, I may have seen bits and pieces of a long long time ago but I don't remember any of it. Uh, your VHS? Oh wait you don't have it on VHS. I have it on, Sorry. I have it on DVD. Oh. I got it from the Disney Movie Rewards Club of because course. I bought the Aristocats and that had a little code in it. I think of course. Maybe a couple of other movies did too but anyways so I got Oz the Great and Powerful and The Jungle Book for free so Anyways, I watched The Jungle Book, and I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. In my opinion, I gave it three and a half stars. And uh, you know, I think we all know the classic tale of Mowgli being a, you know, a jungle boy who doesn't really want to leave the jungle, but this tiger comes along, and, and they want to get him out of there, but Mowgli just keeps on resisting. Eventually, he meets a big bear named Baloo, sort of fun-loving. Mm -hmm. And they just go, it's a, it's a short movie. doo It's a short movie. Right. That's not that's not Baloo's song. That's the that's the monkey. Yeah. Orangutan. I wanna walk like you. I wanna walk like you. It's a great uh, remix of that song. Are you gonna watch the John Favreau version? I already have seen the John Favreau uh -oh. version. I haven't. Um. But yeah, I like this movie a lot. It's uh It's not very. I guess not very plot driven. It's basically a lot, a lot of really great musical sequences. It's, is a is a good musical in my opinion. Did everything perfectly, you know. Not too many songs. The songs are all good. I mean, it's. With, it I only know that should be Of course, it's all it's all really, up to preference. Really funky, good song. And yeah, there's that song, and there's the, uh, um, uh, 
I hardly remember this movie, and I haven't seen the John Favreau one. Which do you like better? This one. I, I heard. Uh, I heard the Favreau one was really good. It was. And the Lion yeah. King was not. I have to compare the two. But I think the John Favreau one was. I think makes sense why why the John Favreau one was uh, like much more plot driven because it's a modern audience and you got to have the same similar structure, like movie movies. Early older movies have le more of a looser VX structure. I think as time went on, it got more more firm and solid. This one is a lot more of just kind of going around and uh, doing doing stuff, singing songs, basically Mowgli being driven along. All these different situations, occasionally being like captured, occasionally, you know, just just hanging out with some elephants, just doing a bunch of random stuff, and then the tiger only actually enters the jungle until like the like the last thirty minutes or so. And um, so yeah, I like this movie a lot. I think just fun. What's his name Sheer Khan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a cool name. Uh, and yeah, I like it. Baloo's a very good character. He's a very a nice, lovable guy. Very nice. So then. That's all I watched on the 13th. Did you watch anything on the 14th? I watched two things on the 14th. Mm -hmm. How much did you watch? I watched three things on the 14th. Oh, how about you? I go, you, I go, you go. Okay, well, I watched the uh, Dalmatians tri trilogy. I watched all three. I, was I watched three all. I watched all three 101 Dalmatians non-original movies. So, 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure. 101 Dalmatians... And 102 Dalmatians. That's 101 num uh, numbers, not words. Which is the original one is 100. Okay, to be clear, you watched the sequel to the original animated film. Yes. And then you watched the two remakes starring one. Glenn Close, right? Yes, that's it. Gotcha. And Jeff Daniels, yes. Okay. So the first one, 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Director. Which, or Adventure. I say director. What? I say director because Ben Cole's dad was the technical director for 101 Elevations 2, Patches, London Adventure. Ah, was that why you wrote in your review? Mm-hmm. So something about Ben Cole. That's why I said, Ben, tell your dad this movie sucks. Wow. Because it was kind of harsh. Really bad. I gave it one and a half stars. This movie is uh, it's just nowhere near as good as the original. I mean, I didn't expect it to be, obviously, so I'm not like angry about it, but uh, the movie just sort of feels much more like it much more kitty and uh feels like it could be an episode of one of those like Disney Junior Disney Junior uh, like um I guess like continuation shows like they have like the Lion King yeah. one and, and stuff like that and then, then they have all the DreamWorks ones in Netflix like the mm -hmm. Turbo show yeah. whatever it just felt like it could have been something like that that's just like meant for children and the animation style I really didn't uh, hold up at all with compared to um, the the original. It's probably straight to DVD, right? Yes, it's very uh, you know it's is very. There, is there any Disney like original Disney sequels that aren't straight to DVD? Well, there's there's the the only one that came out in theaters uh, is the Rescuers Down Under and then Frozen Two and oh. uh, Rick It Ralph. Those are more modern, but yeah, the only the only two D animated one was the Rescuers Down Under. That one did really good, apparently. Uh, but yeah, it's just about it. It's just a it's just a really you know hits you over the head over the top villain of like this uh, this the uh, the Hatch who was one of the, who was the main character one of the one of the one of the ninety nine Dalmatians who was the sons to uh, the two parents. His, his favorite TV show is called like uh, 
like a, a thun it's like Thunderbolt's Adventure Hour, and uh, Thunderbolt has a sidekick named like Lightning or something, and he he's always he's always vengeful because he wants to be the the main star of the show, and so he goes around trying to sabotage Thunderbolt. But yeah, Thunder. But uh, as I I said in my original review, one hundred one dollars that it's basically like Home Alone but with dogs, except totally not. That was my review. This one is even more like Home Alone because Patch literally gets left home alone because he because he starts sulking in the corner and uh, there's so many dogs that they lose count and uh, they they don't realize I don't think there's ever like a moment where they like realize he's gone which is like really sad but anyways uh, Patch goes so on his just own Patch in the movie? and he starts sulking now all the other dimensions are in it too it's basically the same plot as the original Cruella Deville captures all of them brings them to a warehouse mm. uh, yeah so. Same, same evil villain guys. The, the only thing I liked was the opening sequence. That was pretty much it. Everything else was just, just not, not like offensive, but just like, just meant for kids. No real, no real like class or style or anything. Didn't feel like the, didn't, didn't have like the nice, like, uh, I guess just vibe, uh, as the original just felt just kind of rushed, which I mean, I think Ben has told me before that the all the Disney sequels are basically just like experiment grounds for um, future like big time animators, like basically like tryouts. They make them for super cheap. If you look at if if you watch this and I assume any other one, they're all you know like the animation, the background animation is very quickly drawn. It's all like very you know like haphazard and stitched together. It's basically just to show. Just like the raw, unpolished animation power skill and the like, the raw, unpolished, you know, just direction. Sure, sure. So, anyways, what did you watch? Uh, the first thing I watched was the story of a small bug, directed by David Lynch. Directed by David Lynch. Um, our Lord and Savior, David. Our Lynch. Lord and Savior, David Lynch. I this was a pleasant surprise. I was just browsing through my YouTube. Uh, Homepage, and I have a I have a new channel that's not really customized to my taste. I have an old channel, our our cast production or no, it's just my it's just my uh, it's just my channel that I watch things on. So I have a bunch of subscriptions on that channel. But um, make a long story short, I made another account to get free trial of YouTube Premium, and I think I'm actually gonna stick with it now because I really like it. Yeah. You like YouTube Premium? Yeah, I guess that's the point of free trials. Mm. Yep. Gets you hooked. I really, I can't live without turning off my phone while listening to YouTube now, so I guess I'll just have to pay for it. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's why I have a new channel that's not really customized to my taste, so it just throws up random suggestions, and it's throughout the story of a small bug to me. Mm -hmm. So I clicked on it, and I watched it, and then I clicked on David Lynch's channel, and I saw he has an amazing channel, and every day he uploads his uh, morning weather report, and it's the best part of my day now. Wow. And he sits in his room, and he goes, today is June 18th, 2020. And every day he says, there's going to be golden sunshine wow. every single episode. That's cool. Yeah, it's very. they're only like 40 seconds every morning, so it's my favorite morning, part of the morning. Today's John, Sir Paul McCartney's birthday, which he, he made birthday. a whole video to him dedicating him a happy birthday, as, long as, as well as uh, Linda Rosalini, I think her name is, from um, Blue Velvet. Anyways, yeah, so the story of a small bug is the story of a small bug, essentially. For the first half, David Lynch t tells the story of a small bug that he saw in his yard, and then the second half is him filming the bug. 
and it's all in very very small aspect ratio like you know like it's like the box can't really can't I don't know how to describe it box. you like, know like the opening of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where they're talking to them like mm -hmm. the the great that kind of whatever like uh like like old YouTube like when like when contemporary YouTubers will show videos of their older YouTube videos and they make the image smaller because the resolution is smaller and to make it to make it not look bad, they have to make the actual box physically smaller, like that. Yeah, something like that. And so the first half is him uh, talking about the bug, the second half is him showing the bug over extremely ominous music, and oh. it just cracked me up. And it was only two minutes, oh. and it's just it's pretty entertaining. David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch, everyone. David Lynch. And he, I think he posted another short yesterday. I'm not sure if it's a short or just a video. It's like seven minutes long, so I'll probably watch that sometime soon. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Then I watched uh, The 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> this movie was, I think the biggest problem with this movie is that it was just, well, unnecessary to say the obvious, but also when just... When did this come out? came out in 1996, mm -hmm. and the sequel came out in two year 2000. When did the original come out? Uh, 1961, I think, maybe? Uh, somewhere around there. Matthew D has seen it. Yes, that's exactly right. 1961. Wow. Amazing. Viewed by Matthew Deegan and Chance15620. AKA Ben Cole. Yep. Well, anyways, 101 Dalmatians is, I think, just objectively worse than the first one. It just didn't need to happen, first of all. Uh, much like, you know, all the other Disney sequels. Uh, I, I think the original was just the perfect, perfect story, perfect length. Um... This movie is, uh, well, it takes place modern in modern day, so they basically just turn, originally, the, uh, the, 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 the dad of the family, the human dad, was a songwriter, and this one, he's a video game, uh, maker, and he's making a video game about a, about a Dalmatian who's being trapped, who's tra being chased by someone, mm -hmm. the whole movie is like, uh, I need to find a compelling villain for my video game that everyone's scared of. So and, it's modernized. And, and so that, because the kids like video games, yeah, right? Kids, the kids, kids like those like games. No, kids don't listen to songs anymore. Back in you know, you know, the great song drought of '96, when no one listened to songs anymore. But anyways, uh, uh, and then the the woman, the mother, is a is a dress designer for Cruella Deville. In the original, they were just old friends, I think. But anyways, uh, you know, Cruella Deville wants the furs of the babies, and she's all evil and mad. And in this one, the dogs don't talk at all. The dogs are completely mm -hmm. silent, uh, which I think, I mean, uh, the whole fun of the movie. what's the point? What's even the point if the dogs can't talk? I mean, they did it fine, but, uh, and I guess obviously dogs can't actually talk, so it makes sense. But I think it's a, it's a Disney movie. Why are you making it? Why are you making the dogs not talk? Uh, the highlight was... Of course, Arthur uh, Arthur Weasley, the guy who plays Arthur Weasley, mm. pl plays one of the robbers in this movie. Uh, again, um, much like Home Alone, he was the uh, short and squat character, just like Joe Ketchy. And uh, except in this one, both of them were dumb, not just uh, uh, Marv. And uh, I'm thinking as hard as I can right now, and I cannot picture Arthur Weasley's face. I just Arthur keep Weasley. I just keep picturing... Um, Lupus, Lupin. Like a, he has a big ovular face and he has like a mole. He has a lot of wrinkles. His hair is like short cropped. I just keep picturing head. Lupin. I don't know mm -hmm. why. 
literally can't picture it at all. It's interesting. Well, uh, anyways, I did not like this movie very much. It stars Jeff Daniels from Full yeah. House. From uh, Speed. Uh, yep, from Speed. And, and and Glenn Close, so I don't even know who that is, really. But, uh, from The Good Liar. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. From The Wife. But I saw the poster apparently. every single day. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. She is from The Wife, not The Good Liar. Helen Mirren's in The Good Liar. Uh, that's why I know Glenn Close. Yeah, she got a nomination yeah. two years ago for The Wife. Mm, yep. I think she was also in Tarzan. That's probably why she was hired. Well, actually, I just want to know came out before Tarzan, apparently. Glenn Close play, plays Kala. I don't know who that is. Anyways, uh, I like this movie not a lot. Plot twist. You thought I was going to say I like this movie. Didn't like it. Yeah, I think the highlights were just like basically the costuming was good. I guess Glenn Close had a good performance, like over-the-top performance and uh yeah and i like i I guess if i had to say one thing the cinematography was or i guess not the, i don't mean the cinematography I, just, I, I guess like the lighting was good like it, it felt like a real movie it didn't feel like a cheaply made movie it was like lit well looked like a movie but didn't really have any substance behind it so i mean at least the lighting was good Anyways, what did you watch i, well, I gave it uh, two, uh, two stars so just a bit better than 100 more nominations two packs of adventure what did you watch? I watched myself going to the bathroom. Oh wow. Well, Kevin's looks like he's leaving the room right now. Just opened and closed the door. Well anyways, this is the part of the podcast. This is a new segment Kevin will never get to participate in. It's called uh Name uh read the uh activities uh no, that's a stupid segment. Uh how about instead I'll do, do a segment called Read the movies that are in my DVD Netflix queue. Uh, so the first one, the one that should be coming next, is called The English Patient. Now, this is the last best, best picture one. the only one I haven't seen, and I'm excited for it to come. Um, not because I want, really want to watch it. It's a really long movie, and uh, it seems sort of like the uh, most Oscar-baiting movie ever made. But I, 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 you know, I'm excited to fin finally finish that project, so The English Patient. And then next, we have another James Stewart film called uh, The Man from La Rami. Um, I don't really know what that one's about. And then and we have coming, I'm actually starting a project uh, for uh, all of the movies that were made, top 20 most popular movies of, night, of every decade. What are you talking about? And then, oh, I was just starting a new uh, segment that you'll never be a part of ever. Dang it. It'll, it only happens when you leave the room. Wow. So, anyways, looks like you're back now. I am. And we'll just continue on. Just completely disregard that segment I was just doing. I'll continue. So yes, I watched watch. "I Love You, Comma Man." Yeah, uh, starring Paul Rudd, Rashida mm -hmm. Jones, and Jason Segel. Mm, good old Jason Segel. Jason Segel, one of the best. My favorites. He's just such a good guy. From the Muppets. This movie. Are you familiar with the plot? Not really. No. Basically, uh, Paul Rudd and Rashida Jones are getting married, mm -hmm. but. Paul Rudd realizes he doesn't even have a best man. Not only that, he doesn't even ha really have a male friend. Wow. He just pretty much hangs out with his wife and his wife's friends. So basically, he's he, it's him trying to find a friend, mm. essentially. And it's it's funny. He goes on he goes on man dates, and one of them kisses him passionately because he thinks he's like, you know, obviously if you're on a man date, you're gonna, you're gonna lead to assume that um, mm. the other one is gay if you're gay as well. But obviously he wasn't. He was like, whoa. I'm just looking for a friend, man. 
Um, and we don't even meet Jason Siegel, I think, until like 35 minutes into the movie, which I was surprised by. Um, Jason Siegel is a, is a bit of a different role. He's kind of like he's like a chill, don't give a hoot kind of guy in this movie. Um, and it was it was pretty entertaining. Um, Jason Siegel is actually a bit of a jerk too. There were some scenes where I was like, man, you're not actually that good of a friend, man. You're not actually that cool of a guy. But then they both had the redemption. They had the the classic break up and then they Kissing got... Kissing the rain. No, not that. Because they're, they're only friends. They're really pals. Oh, I thought you were... Dude I, pals. I thought you were leading to... And then eventually they realized they oh, had no. strong homosexual feelings no. for each other. Oh, they got... Paul Rudd and... They, they, got, they got married at the end. Yeah, Paul Rudd and Jason <clears throat> got married. No, no. Oh. Paul Rudd and Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones. In the movie. Because mm -hmm. at the beginning... He proposed so at the end. They get married. Maybe he kind proposed of, to Jason Segel. No, no, no. He proposed to Rashida Jones. Oh. The movie's called okay. "I Love You, Man" because they say it at the end. They go, "I love you, man," and it's a good message. It's a good message, tearing down toxic masculinity, saying that we can't say "I love you" to my, to our bros. Yeah. And I say "I love you" to my friends is a good, healthy thing to say. It should be said. Um. Yep. That's about directed all. Directed by John Humberg. Directed by John Humberg. How would you describe the comedic, uh, oh, director of Why Him? Yeah, I did. I was surprised. So that's Didn't. a similar sounding title. Yeah. Uh, have you seen, I, I love Why Him. I have seen Why Him. I like, I like uh, Brian Cranston. How would you describe the comedic style? Was it more, was it more like crazy, wacky, over the top circumstances or more like a word, funny, like conversations? Mm. That was it more physical or, you know, mental, I guess? I think, I think they're both. Mm -hmm. A lot of his dialogue, but, uh. Paul Rudd projectile vomits all over John Favreau in the movie. Wow. Um, J Jason Siegel occasionally screams at people when they tell them to pick up his dog poop. That's mm. a recurring joke. He le he leaves his poop uh, wherever his dog leaves it. He doesn't pick it up because he's a free yeah. man. And people go, I just in your dog's crap, man. And he goes, Bleh! It's, it's, wow. it's kind of funny. Not really that funny, but kind of funny. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't... It honestly wasn't that funny, but it, it, was, it was a cute... Uh, movie had had some heart, had a good friendship, and it was entertaining. And I like all three of the lead stars very much, so it was it was good. I give it a seven out of ten. That's good. Well, uh, next I watched 102 Dalmatians. Let's to 101 Dalmatians. Uh, this movie uh, started watching it, and uh, I thought, you know, okay, this is interesting. It's at least different from 101 Dalmatians. And then I uh, just sort, sort of just slowly went off the walls and went crazy. Uh, it has nothing really to do with the original. One of the dogs from the original, one of the baby, one of like the children dogs in the original, Dipstick, gets adopted by someone else. They never, they don't bring back Jeff Daniels as the father or whoever played the mother. It should sort of starts with um, Muppets Most Wanted kind of thing. Yes, they said yes. screw Jadis and Seal and Amy Adams. And uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, Corella Deville gets out of jail, apparently reformed, which she apparently is, but she's sort of like under like a hypnosis type thing, and yeah, I remember. And she gets that. brought, she gets brought back to the dark side. But yeah. at one point, she says, "Hide all, hide away all my furs. I don't want to see them. It's disgusting." But eventually, it's no. in a, in a so it's in, like a clockwork orange. In a thing. wacky scene, her hair starts popping I, up I, from her head. That was the one scene. She goes saw. crazy. And then, and then it just becomes, all goes just ridiculous and over the top and just absurdly terrible. And, wow. uh, well, uh, I s just sat there and watched it. Uh, you and, uh, your, uh, you and our parents were having a very deep conversation. I was trying to watch 101 Dalmatians, yeah. or 102 Dalmatians. 
and uh, sort of uh, uh, eavesdropping a little, and then I sort of looked back at the screen, as I said in my video, I looked back at the screen, and inexplicably, Prilladeville had been baked into a cake. I remember that, yeah. I was occasionally looking at the screen, not, too, and I looked up and I said, huh, she's a cake. Did not really understand how it happened. Um, didn't, I didn't see it either. Didn't care to rewind to understand it either. Just sort of figured some that uh, <sighs> she got thrown into a big vat of cake batter or something, but... Just a perfect, uh, like, three-layer cake, all perfectly made. Don't know how it happened, but uh, very silly movie. Uh, very di silly. Didn't, didn't like it. Uh, didn't, didn't, I mean, it felt sort of promising, maybe. Like, judges, we start felt so like, oh, this is going to be, like, so over the top and crazy that it'll be, like, sort of good with how, like, crazy it is. But really just slowly just turned into, like, the most just pathetic thing ever. And just, like, yeah, I got a Google. Watch this movie. Sort sort of thing, yeah. I, I'm not sure if this one was also shown in theaters or if this one was direct to DVD. I know the original was shown in theaters, because uh, the original was was people often forget the very first ever Disney live action remake. Uh, I always I always kind of I always kind of forget about it because because the first one I ever saw was Alice in Wonderland, but this one this one was uh, really the the real first one, and then there was a long break, and then. Also, Wonderland came out. So then, what did you watch on the 15th? The 15th, I watched two films. Mm -hmm. uh, technically, I watched it on the 14th. I finished it at mm -hmm. 1 a.m. in the morning. I watched, um, should I go first? Uh, I watched one. You watched one? Okay. Yep. So I'll go first and you have one. By the way, we're going to try to rush this because our dad is going to need the microphone by, uh, by 7.55. So we only have 15 minutes to wrap this up here. So anyways, Kevin, uh, what did you think of 50-50? 50-50, I thought it was a lovely film. I thought it was really good. Um, it was under the comedy section. And honestly, it wasn't that funny. Um, it had Seth Rogen, so obviously, you know, it had some laughs. But for the most part, it was a pretty serious uh, drama about um, cancer. Uh, it it wasn't too heavy-hearted. It was a very light-hearted light drama. Um, but it was really, really good. Uh, had a lot of heart to it. George uh, Gordon-Levitt was... Really good in the movie. He he had a really good performance. Uh, so did Seth Rogen. He pretty pretty different from a lot of stuff I've seen him in. He, he wasn't serious or anything. He was the funny best friend. But he 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 had some good heartfelt moments with his friend. And uh, as I as I said, I think I talked to you a bit before. The girlfriend in this movie. Oh my gosh, it's like the worst one of the worst characters in movies I've ever seen. Wow. She's just honestly the worst. Just the things she says. I just want to punch her. Bad as, in, bad as in a badly written character, or bad as no. in a despicable Great, character? Greatly written character, just a despicable human mm -hmm. being. She she cheated on her boyfriend mm -hmm. while he had cancer. I guess I forgot to log Becky, but uh, yeah. I guess we... Well, I, and then I, I, on the 15th, I rented The Invisible Man oh, from Red I done? Well, we really got to wrap it up, Kevin. We only have 13 more minutes, so... We can just do it on the phone. Well, let's just go. Okay. Well, I gave it an 8 out of 10, and I really, really liked it. Okay. Well, and then we both watched Becky. Well, I watched The Invisible Man oh, on the sorry. 15th, which I got from Redbox. Which I've also seen. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was... I, also thought it was I didn't think it was great. I thought... Well, I didn't really get all that scared by it, but I thought it was just, like, real, well-written. Very well like, psychological manipulation, and uh, I think just good, good standalone film. There's no big universe that's trying to be set up, and... Uh, um, Elizabeth Moss is fantastic and yes. she does a great performance. All right, carries the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I give it three stars. So I give it a three out of three, three and, and a half. half. Yeah.
And then we both went to a drive-in movie theater. With our very mom. first drive-in theater. Our very first drive-in movie. And, and we watched... Uh, our choices were the Capone movie, mm-hmm. um, a movie about dogs, some B-horror movie, or Becky. Yeah. And we chose Becky because it had the highest out of the reviews. It had a three-star rating. Compared to 2.8. And uh, I thought this movie was... was was good. It was. It was um, entertaining. Yes. I mean, very, not good though. Very, very over the top, and uh, just yeah, lots of just lots of crazy, insane, you know, yeah. killing. It's basically a thirteen-year-old girl. It's about a thirteen-year-old girl who goes around killing these uh, yeah. these home intruders throughout the kind entire of, movie. Kind of like our home rated. I mean, God, our rated Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Which is not really Home Alone. Yeah, but the same yeah. same. She does have all these traps and, and stuff to kill yeah. them. And, and uh, Kevin James plays a neo-Nazi mm-hmm. with a shaved head, a big beard, and a swastika on the back of his head. Yeah, so it, a it bit is, different from his breakout dramatic role. Yeah, he was he wasn't bad. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, it, one guy gets killed with a with a boat propeller mm-hmm. engine. So that's pretty much all you need to know. His face just gets crushed by it. It's pretty crazy. Yep, I give it three out of uh, three out of five. I give it. Three out of five, too. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, what did you watch on the 16th? I watched one movie. The same movie okay. that I watched with you. Oh, right. I watched two movies, I guess. And then, uh, I watched... Well, I watched three, uh, uh, like, basically, uh, um... James Stewart... James Stewart shorts, which were not really short films. They were actually just, um... These like compilations of uh, well, one of them was a compilation of um, uh, bloopers called "Blow Ups of 1947." One of them was a video about um, it was a ten-minute film about a bunch of these girls who went around uh, throughout Hollywood and meeting a bunch of these actors. They meet Clark Gable. They go to a baseball game with a bunch of actors playing together, sort of like a like a Hollywood like prop propaganda. Not really. I mean, it's not like they're trying to promote. Them. From a, uh, like a political message, but they're just like have radar arms going around and you know just like showing ah they're the, look they're not just you know bunch of a uh, bunch of underpaid actors working like horses uh, they're real people and uh, yeah and then that's the, the I watched four of those that were sort of like in those style um, I give both both I give uh, two of them two and a half and and then. The other two I gave three stars. And then I also watched a remake of the 1927 film, Seventh Heaven, called Seventh Heaven, starring James Stewart. Um, and I thought this movie was... Uh, it is very promising in the beginning. I thought it could be very interesting, but the way it went just turned into this sort of like ridiculous, over-the-top romance. And I thought that the lead woman was just had very little depth to her. She just felt like she was sort of there just to... like a love interest there wasn't really anything behind her character she just sort of like her whole character was oh I love you James Stewart and you know James Stewart was good but everything else I didn't think was amazing I thought it was it was okay so you have two and a half stars but I can see where it, where it might because the original is like a big old classic but uh, this one didn't didn't think it was amazing so yeah then we watched Knocked Up mm-hmm. on the 16th Knocked Up the Judd Apatow mm-hmm um, um jinx <laughs> <laughs> sorry Seth Rogen and a bunch it basically every single basically every comedic every actor classic, from the uh, you know, past two decades yeah well every single every single white comedic actor yeah and Craig Robinson and Craig Robinson yes uh so yeah it's about I, yeah. Uh, oh 
I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was uh, really great. It, it was two hours long, and I, I'm not. I don't typically watch two hour long movies. So they're usually like an hour thirty, hour. You mean 40. comedies or just you don't watch? Did two I say hours? movies? I meant, movies? I meant comedies. I watch two hour movies all the time, but comedies not so much. Okay. Um, so it's a lot different when it's two hours versus an hour thirty. I I liked it. It felt a lot more full. Yeah, um, you get real time to actually there's, there's a lot of characters. there was a lot of arc. There was a lot of character building. It was, I really enjoyed it. It was not as highly rated as I rated it. It's pretty mediocre in Letterboxd, but I really, really liked it. I thought it was really funny. Uh, the cast was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen the, the lead actress in anything, but she was really good as well. Catherine Heigl. She was really great. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree with all of that. I thought it was really, really funny. Uh, and a uh, good story, too. Um I guess you know, like it's a, it's not, a, it's not just a crazy, wacky, over-the-top comedy that's just there to make you laugh. It also has a real, like, heart behind it, which, of course, you know, like everyone could agree that's like the best ideal type of comedy—one that actually yeah. has a real good story and one that doesn't force the heart, uh -huh. like a yeah. Adam Sandler film or something like that. Um, and the funniest part, we both agree, is when Seth Rogen absolutely just annihilates Paul Rudd and insults him to his very core, and then Paul Rudd just stands there for a second and goes. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. It's uh -huh. quite funny. That part was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think my, uh, one thought I have is I think it shouldn't have been called Knocked Up because I think Knocked Up gives it the impression that it's going to be a bit more immature than the film actually is. I mean, it, it does some very immature humor, but it should have been called, I don't know, something else. Because when I think of the movie Knocked Up, it sounds a lot more raunchy and immature than yeah. the movie actually was. It was actually pretty mature. Yeah. Comedy. I think the movie I think the movie has gained the reputation of being like the classic like like uh like like big stoner comedy movie. Uh it sort of like the the uh the leading force of the big line of like uh uh Zack and Miri make a porno and uh you know sausage party and, and all these all well, these those are all Seth Rogen films. Yeah, I know, but uh, I guess the Judd Apatow comedies and the, and the per, Judd, Judd, Judd Apatow produced comedies, uh, like Superbad and stuff. It's sort of like the leading, uh, sort of like the the leader in that in that chain of, of films. But I thought it was just really great, and I don't really understand why this like has a reputation yeah, has, of being bad. It's pretty poorly rated. Um, yeah, it only has a three point one. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was really great. Yeah, but anyways, I th I think it's a strong recommendation for me. I like it a lot. Mm. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch anything until the end of this episode, so just mm -hmm. ramble on. All right, well, I watched, uh, I watched, well, I watched the Aristocats. Uh, again? Uh, yes, again. Uh, next film in the Disney, in the Disney Slow Walk after Jungle Book. Uh, I still gave this movie four and a half stars. I still like it a uh, lot. I think uh, Luke recently watched this. He only gave it two and a half stars. He said, sorry, Zach. Just a, just a, just a, okay Disney movie to me, but I think this movie is just a, a more of the, uh, the the uh, uh, you know a, a film about uh, just just uh, living living a living a good life and, and being happy in life and uh, uh, the 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 main male cat uh, Abraham Delacy Giuseppe Casey Thomas wow. O'Malley. Uh, O'Malley the Alley Cat just basically takes the uh, the three kids and the and the mom on this adventure throughout Paris. 
It's a very romantic film. Of course, Paris is like the uh, romance capital of the world. It's just a very uh, lovely film, and uh, I think you know I completely understand anyone who doesn't like it. But to me, it's just a very uh, just a very lovely film. So and I still haven't seen it. Yeah, you can watch it anytime you want. It's true. Uh, so yeah, and then I watched a comedy special uh, called Craig Ferguson, or as I like to say, Craig Ferguson Tickle Fight. Uh, I like. I've been watching a lot of Craig Ferguson late late show videos recently, and I've liked them a lot. This comedy special, however, it was not very good. I gave it two stars. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the the main thing that makes Craig Ferguson so great is his improvisational ability and uh, how he at the end at the start of every interview he he dramatically rips off his question cards at the very start and he just throws them away. He has he has there's no pre-interview. There's no like uh, planning. He just asks questions and he mm -hmm. they have to answer. And he's just so wonderful at, 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 at making them feel comfortable even without us, even without the pre-interview, that he, he's just an amazing talk show host. But when he has everything scripted, it's just nowhere near as good. So mm -hmm. I only give it two is stars. It not funny or is it awkward? Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not not funny. It's just like just not funny enough to make me laugh, I guess. It's just like, mm -hmm. like I guess, you know, I could see someone laughing at it. There's nothing like cringy about it. It's just like not, I didn't laugh one time. But, you know, it, was, it kept me, you know, lucid. Uh, so I give it two stars. Uh, and then finally, I watched Life is Beautiful. La Vita Bella. This week's recommendation. Yes. Uh, I gave it four stars. Uh, I liked it a ton. I thought just, um, I think that the, the standout is the director as well as the actor. Roberto um, Benini. Roberto Benini. Yes. Uh, who is this, just this great great guy, type of father who I aspire to be. He just, he just, he, you know, he's put in this extremely difficult situation where he has to, whereas he has to take his own son into, you know, a Holocaust camp and basically try and basically make it seem okay to him and like make it seem like fun. He basically, he basically like tries to turn like being in, being in the Holocaust to, to like a fun game. game. It's and, extremely uh, funny. Just, uh, yeah, just, he's, Robert Benini is a probably incorrectly pronounced, but Roberto Benini. Robert, Roberto Benini is just a great comedic leading man, and he's just a, such a kind, loving presence. You know, also very romantic. You know, like the, I like all the scenes where he sort of like lets his wife know he he and, he and his son are alright. Like when he he like sneaks to the loudspeaker and he also plays the record like their like their favorite song, and uh, just a just a, you know, beautiful movie. Well, Kevin, plot twist. Turns out the microphone wasn't even plugged in this whole time. In a continuing series of terrible upsets, our audio was once again... Bad. Bad. Wow. It's almost as if it's a famous tradition on our podcast for the audio to just be terrible. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, our dad just came in and got a microphone, and as I was giving it to him... I realized the microphone hasn't been plugged this whole time, and the audio's been terrible. So it doesn't even matter. So I guess you could just continue talking about 50-50 now. <laughs> yeah, I really liked 50-50. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Life is Beautiful. Uh, I haven't seen it for, I think, two years. I've only seen it once. I saw it in my U.S. Mm -hmm. history class two years ago. The uh, year. DVD you got is not a proper aspect ratio. It is stretched. I saw that. I thought it was. Yeah. It looked a little stretched to me. Um. But anyways, 
That's yeah. life is beautiful. It was very sad at the end too. Mm -hmm. Very sad. Very beautiful. Just, 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 just the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's about all I have to say. What? That's about is all I have to say the, too. We never did. We haven't put in the uh, recommendation segment song since the one time I played it. That can. Yep. How it's, come? I don't know. It's your song. It's time. I thought you were gonna like make it into an audio bite and then like just put it in each oh. time. You know what I mean? I thought you were gonna play it each time. Oh. It's time for the recommendations. Sit down and listen to the recommendation. Sorry okay. for the constant rattling and shaking of my M and M box through this entire episode. By the way. That's okay. It's just that I'm so hungry. I love M and M's. Yeah, not very filling, are they? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I like to. Would you rather have a nice big old? I like to take tiny bites of them casserole and then watch the, the crack, and then I pull out a bit of chocolate and I oh. suck out the peanut, and then I just gently eat the rest of the chocolate. Wow, you're a disgusting, sadistic man. And what are you gonna recommend to me, Zach? I can't wait. Well, Kevin, uh. I've recommended a lot of movies, uh, and this week I'm going to recommend another movie. Okay. The movie you own. Uh, can you guess what it is? Die Hard? No. I was going to watch that last night. It's a long sequence of, of silver covers in your collection of movies. Rambo? Yes. Wow. I'm going to be recommending the film First Blood uh, this week. Uh, the very first Isn't one. Isn't that scratched, movie. though? Isn't that what? Isn't that just scratched? What? Isn't that disc scratched? Oh, yeah, it is. I guess it is. Maybe I can take it to Gina. Maybe we take it to Gina. Let's see. But anyways, yeah, I like I like Rambo a lot. I give cool. it I give it three and a half stars. Um, run, kind of running out of uh, of movies I, I, I enjoy. Especially ones that are available, I guess. A lot of movies that I enjoy that you haven't seen, but not a lot of them are available for you to watch. Oh. Uh, they might paying three dollars to rent the movie. Uh, but anyways, yes. Okay, First Blood, starring... First Blood, starring Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Very Talks cool. like that the whole movie. Cool, I'll check it out. Well, I well, guess uh, we'll just go to my email and see if there's any emails this week. I highly doubt there will be any, because no one cares. No one cares. We're just sad old, grumpy old men, and no one wants to email us. No one listens to our podcast. So just no emails. Well, uh, no emails this week. We've had a total of... Uh, Zero emails. We've had a total of ten emails so far, but none this, this week. This is our 11th episode. 11th episode, average of one email per week. Two of those were from... Uh, well, one of those was actually from Google. The uh, other one was fake from Google. I actually sent it to myself. Uh, one side secret. Uh, anyways, that's uh, there were no emails this week, so we can't do that segment. That really fun segment that I thought we'd have new emails every week, but no one sent us any emails. So, so if anyone wants to send us any emails, yeah, it's it's if anyone's uh, even listening. It's our week in film at gmail dot com. Yep, that's our week in film at gmail dot com. But uh, now comes the part of the but, podcast. Uh, you got a nervous mother. But uh, you got a nervous mother. Now comes the part of the podcast when we share our. Um, our our letterboxed to handles right oh, yeah. So mine oh. is at Zachary Aaron and Kevin's It's K V N R O I or Kevin Kubrick. Yeah. Mine is also Zach Riley. Uh well anyways this has been another startling upset. Stunning. A stunning disappointment uh of a podcast. <laughs> uh yet again the Riley brothers have managed to 
mess up this very simple premise with by not plugging in the microphone. Hope you enjoyed it this week. We'll actually, that was all on you. I didn't touch it. I tr I gave my trust in you. Actually, you I didn't touch it, it either. I guess that's true. And I would like to say... Next week, we'll have another episode of Fresh Baked for you. Hopefully, it'll be on time this time. Again, we, I'm, a, I, I'm sorry. Uh, my wisdom teeth uh, extraction was scheduled for the day our podcast was recorded. So, nothing we could really do about that. It's now three days we've been late. Uh, yeah. We'll never do it again, though. Nope. Never, it will never happen again. Anyways, uh, I've been Zach Riley. And I've been Zach Riley's brother. And as we always say... Keep your friends close and, and your, your enemies, enemies closer. closer.